Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 109. I'm Schmitty. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zip. And uh, we come to you minus a Stark. Or as we may yeah, have previously referred to as Stark Naked. Dead. Yeah, he's, he's hanging out at a movie for Star Trek or Dead in a Gutter somewhere, not sure which. I guess we'll it's find out next same. week. Yeah, it's kind of actually the same. Um, no, and in fact, he's actually, they basically did that re-release of Best of Both Worlds at Star Trek Next Generation episode on the big screen, which I would be more excited about if it was also a high-def version, and maybe it is. I guess we'll have to wait to hear from him. But, uh, yeah, so that's where he is. And we're here to tell you how awesome our sponsors are at trekradio.net, cryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. See what I did there? I, I do see. That was quite clever. Thank you. Right. Pat on back can for me. You do it again. I missed it. <laughs> no. You can just listen to our show afterwards. Also brought to you this week by GoToMeeting. They were off last week. They're here this week. With GoToMeeting, uh, you can put your entire team together without actually having to get them into the office. It makes it very, very handy, especially now that the weather's getting warmer. People are planning their vacations, spring breaks, summer breaks. It's getting hard to put people into the office. This way, though, projects that would normally take weeks and decisions that take months can be done just, you know, over the lunch hour. Everyone uses GoToMeeting, comes in with the HD faces. You can have a face-to-face conference call and meeting right there. Collaborate. You can serve up a presentation, show it to anyone using their phone, using their tablet. It is an awesome tool. With GoToMeeting, you can share the same screen so you can stay on the same page, and with the built-in video conferencing, you can make your online meetings just like being in the same room. Plus, it's super easy to launch. I mean, it is truly foolproof. It is the best one out there. We want you to try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. You don't want to wait for the special offer. Visit gotomeeting.com. Click on the Try It Free button and use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, use the promo code PODCAST. So that's uh, GoToMeeting. Meeting is believing. Into some feedback from last week. Um, and, of course, I just lost it all. We had some, I've got from, some. from Cam, right? Yeah, the Liquid Cam. Go ahead and read that. Okay, he says... Uh, no way I'd pay a fee for my social network. As far as email goes, I'd set up my own email server first. I find email easier to pay for than a social network. And I think a lot of us would do that. You know, how many of us have a website that has email on the domain, you know? I don't use mine, but I've got it there if I need it. So I've actually tried to run an exchange server from home, and it failed miserably. Um, I wouldn't do that. I might pay for it through another service, like you're saying, if you if you bought a website or a domain space, running your email through that, but you're still paying for it. Yes, you know what I'm true. Uh, on the flip side of that, we have uh, Sam wrote in a very long email. Sam, thank you. It makes You have a lot of good points, but I'm going to sum it up here in your last paragraph. My take on this is that I don't mind ads, but I would hate if Gmail suddenly said, we will need you to pay $50 a month to use our services. We will assure you that none of your stuff gets compromised, and we will not, and you will not get any more ads, plus we'll personally filter all of your spam. I don't want to have to pay for my mail. Quote-unquote personal information sharing has been around for so long that if it suddenly turned paid to use, people would boycott. I understand free comes from the fact that we see ads, and I don't mind, but other people complain all the time about them and are spoiled, like you said. They complain <laughs> about free service, and I would like to personally teach them that in reality, even if you were paid for by your parents one way or another, I may not enjoy ads, but I don't particularly mind them. In fact, I'm happy that they do have them so that they don't shut down that much faster. Um, I stopped using Chrome. This is me, Luke, not Sam. I stopped using Chrome at work. Uh, it was causing some massive problems, and I went back to Internet Explorer. Internet Explorer Ew. has a very good pop-up filter and a very good phishing filter, but it doesn't have a very good ad blocker. And even the third party one I tried to install didn't work quite the way I wanted to. I didn't realize just how many ads there were. <laughs> I'd gotten yeah, you... so used to seeing the web through Chrome's view. <laughs> There's so many sites that you don't realize have ads on them. You, you go onto their site and you're like, whoa, that, that look, am I on a different site? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, we got feedback from Ruff. Uh, not about this one. I think he's a couple episodes behind. Um, he did bring up that last uh, last week when we talked about his feedback. He said, fellow podcasters, 
Uh, he says that uh, when I say fellow podcasters, I was, of course, referring to the time we podcasted together. I don't have a podcast, as all of it would be full of is my typical posts at Grumpy Old Man. <laughs> Maybe we need that, though. We need a Grumpy Old Man podcast. Yelling, so. get off my lawn. Just, a, just an hour <laughs> loop of that for, what, for your commute into work every morning. <laughs> um, he is writing about the BlackBerry 10. Uh, he was write, reading some reviews here, um, and he's been seeing a lot of ads, and he was kind of wondering what our take on it was, uh, and he actually copied the CNET review, saying the good, uh, it looks terrific, comes with many world-class features you demand from a modern OS, it also adds a few of its own. Uh, the bad, despite the grown-up look, Rim's new OS is riddled with complexing omissions and behavioral inefficiencies that wear on you over time. What are our take on it? What Are we going to make a run at it? No. I think I say That's- that for everyone. Well, we we actually kind of gave a mini review after we got back from Vegas in January, and you know that that pretty much sums it up. It's not intuitive at all. It looks nice, it looks modern, but it's painful to use. It's kind of like a Porsche. It looks modern. It looks sleek. Sure, it has four wheels and an engine, so it qualifies as a car, right? But the gearbox is operated by your feet. And you steer with your hands, but not like a steering wheel, more like a joystick. You know, it just doesn't make sense. In in this way, that's how BlackBerry made the new OS X. It has features you would expect from a smartphone, but they don't work like they should. Um, he also brings up that uh, RIM uh, announced that the company would be officially known as BlackBerry. He thinks that this is a huge mistake by RIM. Everyone knew them as BlackBerry, and most people were saying that BlackBerry was losing its way. If that's right, why would you want to change your mind to be more strongly identified with the losing product? I think they should have ditched the BlackBerry name and launched their new product with a Blueberry name. Close enough to get the kick from the existing name investment, different enough to draw a definition a defining division between the two. Cheers, rough. Um, Blueberry actually was one of their products for a short time. You guys remember that? Yeah. Yeah, it was not surprisingly blue. It was when they had mainly ch- uh, pagers. Yeah. It was, a, and, it was a two-way pager. Basically the first text messaging device. Yeah, it was much more consumer-oriented. Uh, meant for pimps and do- dope dealer- dealers. I can't speak. <laughs> you stole my joke. Which um, I didn't think they had a lot of up in Toronto, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, uh, you know, I, that, I think that's actually a really good point, though, because BlackBerry is somewhat is seen in a somewhat negative light in this day and age. And so to switch your company name to something that's got a negative stigma attached to it, that may not have been the brightest idea. I never considered that, but that's a really good point, Ruff. Yeah, it's a really good point because, you know, when we even talked about this last year on our prediction show about would they change their name, what would they try and keep with, and it's like they don't quite realize, and when I say they, I mean Research in Motion or BlackBerry or whatever, they don't quite realize that it's not 2002 anymore. Or not even that, it's not even 2005 anymore (laughs) when the BlackBerry name meant something. You're right. Why would you associate on purpose with the product that everyone thinks is archaic. It would be like it would be like Google releasing the new Motorola StarTech. <laughs> or Apple because, releasing the new iNewton. Right. It's like re- exactly. It's like renaming Apple Newton Inc. Naming the entire company <laughs> after your failing product is not a good <laughs> business decision. But that's why we don't make the big bucks rough. That's why we don't get hired as CEO of Research in Motion. <laughs> Although I dare say we might be able to do a better job. Well, Just saying. I, don't th- I don't think we have the capability to be bold enough. Dumb <laughs> <laughs> shake. Okay. Did you just snort? No. <laughs> okay. Anywho, into our headlines. Uh, speaking of Apple and dumb branding decisions. And cars. <laughs> and cars. Volkswagen has decided to pair up with Apple. Because See, I'm just says, excited about... Uh, sorry, go ahead. I'll, 
Sorry I was going to say, nothing screams pretentiousness like the most yuppie car with the most yuppie hardware. Yuppie isn't even the right term anymore, is it? It's now hipster. Where we've left the yuppies behind, right? Yeah, the yuppies were more of an 80s thing. Well, I'm just excited that we have a chance to bag on a whole new demographic right now. The, oh, the you beetle owners. The the pot-smoking hippies that drive the beetles. And now, to be fair, I like this iPhones. new beetle. I like this new beetle. Before, I actually do, the, too. But the previous still. new beetle was so pretentious, it actually came with a vase for a flower up in the dashboard. You guys remember that? Well, it, yeah, it's because they're all freaking hippies that wanted it. They drove it back in the 60s and 70s, and now they drive it now. Now, well, now they're buying it for their kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now, so this is an Apple-branded Beetle. We're not entirely sure how that's the case, because all it really has is a lot of Siri i-free features, and they're not the only ones, BMW, Mercedes, GM, Land Rover. Um, But Volkswagen's gone a bit further. It comes with a specially designed docking station designed for an iPhone, and it'll snap right into the cradle, and it has a whole bunch of car-specific apps. So, you know, it's just like any aftermarket car stereo you can buy with an iPhone dock in it. And what's supposed to happen when inevitably the dock design changes again? (laughs) (laughs) Then your car's obsolete and you've got to go buy a new one. You have the mid-2014 Beetle. You need to get the late-2015 Beetle. Now, they're going to be expecting you to change your car as often as your phone. In all seriousness, ah. though, it's just just a dumb bit of crossover convergence. I will admit they're not the only one that do this, but so this is by far the dumbest. Have a model name with the I in it. That's that's going the next well, step. <laughs> well, you know, Zook, you actually posed some good questions in in the comment section on this article. Um, like when you hit a speed bump, will the entire back shatter? I think that's a very valid question to ask Apple. Schmitty's question of what happens. Yeah, if you hold the folk, if you hold the steering wheel wrong, what happens? <laughs> you die, which is a loss of service, I guess. Um, but then, you know, I, I also like your question of when can we expect the iBeetle S? I'm guessing probably fall of next year. Yeah, yeah, it'll have a slightly bigger windscreen. Yeah. <laughs> Be the one yeah. with the sports transmission. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you that if you're looking at a parking lot, the car that got keyed will be the iBeetle. <laughs> It'll be a portion of Ferrari and an iBeetle, and the iBeetle will be the only one that was keyed. <laughs> and it'll be keyed seven. with a little Android <laughs> graffiti in it, you know. <laughs> Windows smashed, nothing taken. Um <laughs> The smug is just too strong. Oh, wait, the sorry, that's it for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so an online tax may be coming. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, not sure how I to feel say, about this. I predicted this. this. You did, but you did like over a year ago. Show, uh, yeah, I, I did predict it, and I thought it would happen last year, but now it's actually going through Congress at the moment. and Yeah, they're pushing this hard. Basically, what it is is when you buy an item online, you're kind of exempt from the sales tax unless the company that you're buying it from is based in your state. That's why oftentimes you'll see, you know, no sales tax unless you're in California. Yep. In this case, it would be paying sales tax across the board. Now, there are some problems with it that I've not heard anyone been able to give me a solid answer on. Some states don't have sales tax. Right. Like if you go to Oregon, no sales tax up there. So what happens then? If there's an online sales tax, or, or what happens if like the sales tax is more or less? Is it done by state? Is it just enforcing the the headquarters state sales tax on you? But this will definitely be yeah. changing... I don't know if it'll be changing enough to kill online retail, but... 
my question is it, it goes a step further and uh, it, it pose, uh, I'm posing the question what if the company is based out of a certain state but then it's hosted in another state and their warehouse is in a, a third state uh, you eventually could be including four or five different states in the entire e-commerce process who gets the sales tax in? Do they split it up? Do they add more sales tax? It's a lot of questions it, that need to be answered. <laughs> is is this is this a state sales tax though that they're trying to implement, or is this a federal sales tax where they just it'll all just go to the federal government? They don't particularly say. No, I would no. think no, that they get. I haven't e- been able to find out a lot of details on this. Just I, I, think I know get there's a, a lot of fight from the states if they did that though. Yeah. Well, you know, the, in, one of the things that really upsets me about this is there's all these politicians who say they're for no no new taxes, no tax increases, yet they're the ones who are pushing this. Stand up for what you believe, people. If you say you're for something, actually be for it. It, it really well, bothers me. I don't like this online sales tax at all. Yeah, the problem is the majority of Americans really feel that Simon shouldn't have left American Idol or that <laughs> this particular person shouldn't should be on Dancing with the Stars or that the Kardashians just need to stay on the air an extra amount of time or they're really wondering what happened to Kate Goslin. A majority <laughs> of Americans don't care. Even though they use all these services and mm-hmm. it will affect them, they don't care enough to know. It's the same reason no. why a majority of Americans were all up and butthurt about potential background checks on their guns and were blissfully unaware that the House passed a act that would basically require a background check for everything else, completely yeah. uncontested. Well, the, thankfully, though, thankfully it doesn't look like CISPA will yeah. make it through the Senate. Yeah, I, we, I think we're jumping ahead. Actually, I don't think I ever added this to the well, uh, show notes it, like I wanted to. But I think the, the worst thing about the, sell, the online sales tax will be that we can't boycott it. How are we going to boycott it? Oh, we're not going to buy anything online. We're going to go pay sales tax at our brick-and-mortar store instead. There's no there's no winning here for us. <laughs> no, it, it, it screws the consumer over. It's going to hurt small businesses, small online retailers. Mm-hmm. It's it's bad all around. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, talking about um, Amer- people not, not caring and and focusing more on American Idol and the like. I was actually, right before we started recording, reading through some news, uh, a news site, and one of the headlines that they had was that Duck Dynasty got more viewers than American Idol this week. Yeah, I think wow. that's... That is what is news now. <laughs> that's awesome. That is what is news. That a bunch of rednecks with epic, epic beards... Epic, are yeah. are um, getting better ratings than American is Idol? Which, that you what know, that show I is? No, yeah, a bunch of bikers. Yeah, I, of- I've never watched it. I don't know, but I imagine it's something to do with ducks and rednecks. For a long time, I really thought it was like Duck Dodgers or something. I thought it was like a Daffy Duck thing. I had no clue. Uh, for, from from the picture of the of the the, the TV cover. It actually looks like a, a play on Downton Abbey, but with bikers. So I, I yeah, I don't, I don't know any more than that. So. <laughs> Do they like hunt duck? Do they eat I it? I don't, I don't know. I would hope so. Duck is tasty. Are they cooking it or? I... Let's see. It's a. It shows the lives of the Robertson family who became wealthy from their family-operated business, Duck Commander operated in West Monroe, Louisiana, which d- makes products for duck hunters, primarily the duck call named Duck Commander. There you go. Thanks, Wikipedia. <laughs> so it's a bunch of rich rednecks. Awesome. Yeah. That is so cool. And of course, ZZ Top does their theme music. <laughs> of course. Uh, how can you not with those epic beards? I was about to say, they've grown four tribute beards for them. <laughs> wow this has been on three seasons how have i never actually watched this how have i never heard of it until tonight (laughs) 
<laughs> Stolen no, Droids homework. Boy. Go watch an episode of Duck Dynasty. Report back. <laughs> Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Okay. Into Moving some on. mobile news. Oh, wait. No, I don't need to back up because we actually hinted at it. We teased it, and then we went on. Uh, CISPA, the act that I was referring to, yes. passed the house overwhelmingly. I don't remember the last time I've seen anything pass so high. I mean, we were talking almost 300 votes for it. Uh, and the Senate has decided to let it just languish. They're not even going to vote on it. Yeah, they're not even acknowledging it. Yeah. Like, oh, this again? Okay. Yeah. Now, for reference, that's what happened the same thing last year. CISPA came out right after SOPA PIPA. The House passed it then, too, and the Senate never got around to vote on it. And finally, uh, President Obama has said, whether or not you believe him, whether or not you voted for him, but he's flat out said, if it, he ever sees it come across his desk, he's just immediately vetoing it. That's good. So, I mean, that is good. Go. <laughs> My worry is, is that we are very clearly seeing that this bill's not going away. What happens when all of a sudden we get a Senate and a President who are perfectly fine with it? Yeah, or were one of the people who helped introduce it or vote it through? Because um, it'll happen. Yeah, yeah. it'll happen. Yeah, 1984 was a cautionary tale, not a policy. <laughs> I mean, it can't Just come saying. true. I mean, it can't come true. Yeah. You know, I, when I I actually read 1984 just a couple of years ago, and looking at at the that book and that story, and comparing it with today's political environment, mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of parallels that make me need to go change my shorts, and not in a good way. I mean, yeah. it's just it's very frightening. Not, what not just the political environment, but the the, the technology involved. Ev- everything, yeah, everything. The technology to monitor everyone 24 seven. If if the government wanted to. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the scary part. Yeah. Okay. okay. Into Verizon news. Yay. Verizon has decided to adopt T-Mobile's pay everything up front or give us payment option plan uh, for their phones, which actually is quite good for a lot of Verizon people. Previously, if you had Verizon and you had a smartphone and unlimited data, you couldn't use a subsidized plan because you would lose your unlimited data. Schmidt, you were actually yeah at the it, receiving end of this as well. Yeah, well, I, I was I'm on a subsidized plan, but at the end of the uh, at the end of the contract, I can't get another phone on the subsidized price because I'd be renewing my contract, losing my unlimited data plan. I I would have to buy outright a full price phone, and that's what happened to me. I lost my unlimited data when I upgraded in my phone in January when my Incredible 2 crapped out on me. Well, doing it this way would allow you to keep your unlimited data because technically they're not subsidizing the phone. You're just making payments on it and you can pay it off early as well or you can just pay it outright. So it is an upgrade option. That being said, I mean, I don't think this is a bad idea. I think this is really good and it works for some people. I just don't see it working for like me. Right. I, I love the HTC One. Love it. Let's pretend the HTC One ran Windows Phone 8, which it should, but that's a rant for another time, and I want one. I don't have $580 to drop on it. Is it worth it? Maybe. I mean, it's a really nice phone. One well, could be argued that we value our phones too high, but I simply don't have that kind of money. And most people I know also don't have that kind of money. So, right. it'll work for, well for some people, and I think for the rest of us, it's just kind of business as normal. The, the bigger problem for me, I mean, I, I'll probably take advantage of this. I'm looking to, at getting a new phone here soon, probably the HTC one. But uh, the, the biggest problem is that uh, as a, uh, one thing that's different from the T-Mobile plan is that in T-Mobile, you can do the same thing. But after you're done paying for the phone, you get you get to keep that cheaper um the, the cheaper phone plan price with Verizon, I'm still stuck with my my price as if I had subsidized uh, had bought the subsidized phone. So I'm still yeah. paying the subsidized phone service, but uh, yeah. So I mean that that's where where we're stuck with now. 
I think uh, Ryzen still has a way to go to get to where T-Mobile is. They're, they're moving that direction. Moving that direction now. slowly, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the thing with me, like, uh, my plan with Verizon is not offered anymore. They've moved, they're moving everybody onto those shared family plans. Mm-hmm. And I've got a shared family plan, but it's very different from the ones that they do now. And so, I even if I wanted to change you know and and go with a non-subsidized plan price if assuming that was offered it would still probably end up costing me more because of how they've changed their pricing yeah that's a good point too the family family plans usually are better so yeah i i'm not a, i'm not a big fan of a lot of things that verizon is doing and and has been doing for the last year or so even though i have been a customer of theirs for a very long time but i do like the idea of them doing this with their phones i i think that it makes a whole lot of sense mm-hmm. yeah um into hacking news because what still enjoyed the episode would be complete without it <laughs> This one is actually kind of interesting. There's a new exploit being used by Twitter, which when I first read this, I'm like, how can that be? If tw- Twitter's just 140 characters, is someone really hacking people's computers with just 140 characters? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Uh, it's uh, it's malware that spreads via via Twitter, and it uses financial malware to gain access to user credentials, meaning your sign-in information. And then target their their financial stuff. It basically injects JavaScript. It uses a tweet to inject JavaScript into your browser, which then loads the rest of the malware, which is would be considered genius if it weren't for the fact that it's targeting us. Which sucks. That's how a lot of malware is, though. I mean, when you sit down and look at it, it's pretty brilliant how they do it. But then you think, crap, that sucks for yeah. me. The, the way and the, the way this code works is that you will never know that it has run. You won't even see the tweet because it, it's it's rendered as JavaScript. Um, the good side of it, I think, this is only targeting uh, the Dutch market right now. So yeah, right now it's in in Dutch land. But it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that it can't yeah. come here. I mean. It, it, yeah. Uh, and other hacking security news. Remember when Oracle, oh, I don't know, last week finally said that they would be releasing all those security fixes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a new hole has been found in Java. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> There's so many holes in Java. It's like Bonnie and Clyde's car. <laughs> it's. <laughs> We should really start qualifying these differently. Because Monday happened, a new exploit was found in Java. You know, it's... <laughs> in, which, other words, in, in other news, Lindsay Lohan did something dumb, and a security exploit was found in Java. It's just kind of one of those things that you just... It just happens. We need a new so which is the... Java which is the... Day. <laughs> which is the cause and effect? Are Are, are these things happening, like... Like Friday will arrive because there's a security hole in Java, or because Friday <laughs> arrives, there's another security hole in Java. It's a chicken and egg scenario. This isn't point. the Dharma Initiative's honor, okay? It's not like if we don't find an exploit, Friday doesn't happen. In the beginning, there was the Java exploit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that I feel- was awesome. I feel extra geeky considering I've never even seen that series. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Our, our our advice still holds true. Go back to Java 6 or uninstall it entirely. Yep. I love hearing this particular article. It says, if you do not need Java on your system, we recommend uninstalling it entirely or disabling the browser plugin. I'm sorry, when's the last time you tried to browse the web without Java? I, just today, actually. <laughs> and work, Schmidt. Yeah, because I don't. I don't go to. It, it, the important part of that is is and are not Schmidt. And are not Schmidt. <laughs> I write my own Java. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I use one point six. I use one point six. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's that's what I or Java six. You mean? Yeah. It's yeah. That too. Java six. It is the version one point six. Yeah. I don't know why they take off the one. Eh, whatever. Who cares? 
<laughs> it's Java. <laughs> who, who really cares? Okay, um, Apple released some interesting news. Their profits are down. Now, okay. of course, because this is the tech world, and the tech world is full of analysts who like to screw things up, it's the death of Apple. Is Has Apple mm-hmm. seen the end of its glory days? I mean, all doom and gloom headlines. But interestingly, they said that, yes, our profits are down, but we shipped more iPads and iPhones. So people are acting very confused about this. They shouldn't be, because in the previous earning call, Tim Cook even said that they worry that the iPad and iPhone, the iOS area, has cannibalized their own sales too much. I can see that. Here's the breakdown, people. Apple makes X amount of profit per MacBook, MacBook Pro, Mac Pro, uh, iMac, all their desktops, okay? They make probably less than half of that on their iPads and iPhones. It's actually a very tight margin. They make their money in iTunes subscriptions and app sales. That's where they get you. So they can sell as many of those as they want. It won't have the same profit margin. Now, they've spent the last three years brainwashing us very successfully that, you know, you don't need a laptop anymore. You can do most all that stuff from a tablet. And you know what? They're right. For most of what the majority of the population use their computers for, they really can do it from a tablet or do it from their phone. They truly don't need an iMac or a MacBook or a MacBook Pro or a MacBook Air or a Retina or whatever long name they're giving. So much so that they're actually cutting, we're talking about cutting their Mac Pro division. The problem for them is, is that, again, they're not going to make as much money. <laughs> They've become too successful at this. And what happens then when, as we are starting to see, people are growing tired of the whole iOS design and start leaving iOS for Android and Windows Phone? What happens then? They've just been convinced that they don't need to have an Apple computer because they have an Apple tablet, but now they're not buying Apple tablets anymore either. That's a really good point, which is something we've discussed, at which point they need to go back and be innovative again because they're not innovative like they like they were you know what they should do they should partner with a car (laughs) that is a brilliant idea why don't yeah they should hook up with volkswagen because hippies love volkswagens and they love their iphones they should totally like put a make the steering wheel like an accelerometer you know so they can tilt the iPhone back and forth to steer the car. <laughs> touch screen, you, you, touch screen brake pedals. Oh man, that would be horrible. You get some lag, too much memory. You're sitting there pounding on it, car won't stop. That would be awful. Wow. When the car has yeah, to warm awesome up, it literally has time. to warm up. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, we're done. We promise. Um, <laughs> Huawei released a statement just yesterday, actually. You might remember that Huawei uh, was brought up before a Security Council Commission from Congress, a lot of C's there, about uh, possible espionage. They didn't really want Huawei doing business in the U.S. because they worried that it would give them access to high-level military secrets, all this fun stuff. Huawei finally said, you know, we don't actually care much about the U.S., We don't care if you let us in there. We don't get much business from you anyway. (laughs) Uh, Um, I have one thing to tell uh, Congress. This is why we can't have nice things. (laughs) Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to call bullcrap on this. I have information. I can't say how or what, but I have information that leads me to call bullcrap on this, and it is very credible information. It's it's like NDA type information, so I can't go into it, but I can call bullcrap and not feel bad about calling bullcrap. Considering well, that he works at a beta test company, I, I, I'm prone to believe him. <laughs> I'm prone to believe him too, but at the same time, they are right. Most of their sales are from Europe. Yeah, because yeah. they can't they haven't been able to break into this market, but it's not because they haven't been trying. This is true. It's not like they haven't been trying, but they can survive just fine without us. Uh, that yes, being said, they can. 
it, wouldn't it be nice if we could have the 4G LTE speeds we want, the same as the rest of the civilized world, without having to pay an arm and a leg? Wouldn't that be nice? Just saying, Congress, yeah. you know. This well, is why we can't have nice know, things. <laughs> I can understand Congress's reluctance considering a report came out this week that China likes to hack stuff. So, I mean... In yeah, other work, I, I, in other news, men like attractive women. Yes. So, I mean, I can understand, but... <laughs> and Java has a security hole. Yeah. It, you know, if, if a company is willing to jump through your hoops... That doesn't mean that you need to throw more hoops in their way. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I have no good segue. So sausage. <laughs> a fake tweet Ooh, came out. We haven't out. had a sausage segue for a long time. Sorry. I had a horrible <laughs> mental image of like riding in on a two-wheeled, gyroscopically controlled sausage. Um, a tweet from the AP which was not really from the AP, came out saying that an explosion, I think, happened and that President Obama had been injured. That it was a yeah, possible said, terrorist attack. Said there was an explosion at the White House and the stock market tanked. Yeah. Uh, no, the tweet didn't say the stock market t- tanked. It actually did no, tank. No, no. That was the result of the, the fake tweet. Now, as it turns out, obviously, it was fake. Um, everything about it was wrong. Even the style stylistic guidelines that the AP uses, the Associated Press, were not followed. Uh, the Twitter account was immediately banned. And uh, business kind of resumed. But in the process, they estimate like $300 billion were lost to the stock market. Now, I'd like to point out that's not real money, so who cares? Um, I, I await Ruff's wrath, as it is. We need to make a t-shirt for him. Coming. A t-shirt for Ruff's Wrath. It's over 9,000. <laughs> but we got the economics of 9,000 wrong, so it's actually much, much lower. Um, <laughs> it's, it's fake anyway. Fake, it's, fake 9, fake, it's fake anyway. It's not actually 9,000. It's just pretend 9,000. No, um, it is kind of scary, though, to think about the fact that a fake announcement from a social networking site that's less than 140 characters could potentially cost us $300 billion in our stock market. Yeah. And this isn't the first time we've seen a a tweet with false information come out, um, but this is by far probably the biggest impacting one. I mean, we've seen tweets about celebrities dying that wasn't true and and things like that. Or the Boston Marathon bombings. When tweets yeah, people, are be considered actual news sources by large news networks, yeah, it's when when, when news source resource, news sources are going to Twitter for their resources, it can cause a lot of problems. <laughs> Not saying that they shouldn't go there because you can get up to date information, but when things like this happen, you have to ask yourself just how credible is Twitter. Breaking news, we don't know if an explosion has happened at the White House, but a 14-year-old <laughs> girl in Kentucky says it is, oh my gosh, so totally sad, XOXO. <laughs> well, you know, I, I cry every other day when I see the Bill Cosby died yet again. I mean, He really needs to quit dying. Yeah, yeah he, he does. really does. He should probably <clears throat> act his age of 75 instead of 83. Just, just saying. <laughs> and put in pops. <laughs> um, finishing up our headlines, other than the small announcement, uh, SimCity, who we haven't heard much about in the news, and we'll get into that, released an update. It is now running version 2.0, which did not help. <laughs> Still doesn't work. <laughs> it actually uh, brought a whole new set of bugs. It's a crappy update, right? Well, it yeah, fixed some, it, but it not so many. It causes the sewers that, to back up, so yeah, you get crap in your streets. They're really... Okay, so back in the day, uh, and, and I'm sure many racing games still do this, um, Forza, which I play, does not, but Gran Turismo, I believe, does. You can turn it into simulation mode. Okay, Simulation mode, the tires actually heat up, they become uncontrollable, or they break down if you race for too long. 
so you need to pit. If you hit a bump too hard, it can throw off the alignment and the camber and the pitch of your wheels, and it's much harder to drive. It is meant to be an actual simulation. It is hell. I mean, if you're a hardcore racer, it's probably awesome, but for the casual gamer like myself, it is a living nightmare. I get the feeling EA almost was trying that with SimCity. Let's make the possibility (laughs) of running a city so horribly hard that you're praying for someone to be elected and kick you out of office. (laughs) Fires breaking out, crime rates everywhere, impossible to keep money in the treasury, people won't ride your stupid bus system, and the sewers are backing up now. Well, you know, it's awesome because my wife She's the one. She hijacked. I think I've mentioned she hijacked my license key. You mentioned it just a couple times. So uh, she was playing on Monday when they pushed the update, and she calls me up and she's like, "I just got kicked off." I said, "Oh, they're doing the update." She said, "I don't like them being able to tell me when I can and can't play my game." I thought, "Yeah, she's she's got it. She finally understands." (laughs) And then. Yesterday she was playing and I asked her, or no, today she was playing and I asked her, I said, so how is the update? She said, it made things worse. The game is more laggy and it's got all these new problems. And then I was watching her play tonight and she got disconnected and couldn't get reconnected to her city. Her city, it, it crashed and then wouldn't load. And I mean, EA is just really really trying to make people hate them even more than they already do. Once <laughs> you finally logs back in, the sewers will be so backed up, it's going to look like a failed episode of Candy Crush. Just that caustic <laughs> chocolate all over the place. I can't well, clear you know, it away. I, I, heard, I heard somebody say this the other day, and I think they might be onto something. EA knew that SimCity was just completely amazing and that it would destroy lives by people not being able to pull themselves away. So they had so to they find a way to stop that from happening. They're, they're so, protecting us, is what you're saying. They're doing it for our own good. Now, they, interestingly, if you've noticed that we haven't reported on EA for a while, no one has, actually. There's actually a very interesting theory behind that. So I'll let you take it. Oh, yeah. There was, there was a... I can't remember where I, I read the story, but basically what happened is everybody was trying to get confirmation from EA regarding certain aspects of the SimCity debacle and EA finally started saying we'll get back to you on that. We'll get back to you on that. Oh wait, we haven't had a chance to get the answer that you're looking for. Let me get back to you. And they basically just kept shutting the press down until the press stopped trying. And so the story you may have noticed just kind of went away. That's because EA wouldn't give anybody any information and nobody wants to go to press quote unquote without having their facts verified. Unless you're Fox News or CNN or or MSNBC or any mainstream media. (laughs) But so yeah, they, they basically just shut the story down by not confirming anything with anybody. So I, I thought that was interesting. That I mean, it was very effective. If you it's not like don't. they have a reputation to uphold, you know. No, they don't. I mean, well, of douchebaggery and stealing people's money, yeah. But I mean, they're just confirming that. So, <laughs> all right. Well, that is our headlines. We do have one announcement uh, of Salt Lake Comic Con. Coming out. Of course, we are in the Utah area. We record around Salt Lake City. I say around, like literally, the four of us are positioned around Salt Lake City. None of us are in it. Uh, it'll be happening at the Southtown Expo Center. It's the first one ever. It's coming up in September, the 5th, 6th, and 7th. We're going to try and get booth space there. If you are in the Salt Lake area, we invite you to come down. Uh, we're going to have uh, Jonathan Frakes, Mr. Formica Chin himself, and uh, Sophia Milos. I don't know who she is, but she looks really pretty. CSI um, Miami, I believe. And Lou Ferrigno. So, yes, it's it should be cool. I'm excited. Very much so. Uh, I'm going to have my picture taken with Kevin Sorbo, though. He's dreamy. Are you going to take your shirt off, too, so that you guys can be twinners? 
No, no. I'm going to ask him all sorts of awkward Andromeda questions that no one knows the answer to because no one watched it. Um, <laughs> you'll be that I one guy. I probably won't say that to him, though. That that was not a paid advertisement, by the way. That was just us trying to get geeks in the Inner Mountain West area. And you know, if you're con. not from the Internet Mountain West, come anyway and let us know you're on your way. I think it'd be really cool if we could try and arrange some kind of stolen droids meetup. I think that would be awesome. If we could try and arrange that and have it do somewhere around the Salt Lake Comic Con, I think that would be really, really cool. That would be, and I would wear pants to that. Wow. Pants-worthy <laughs> event. I, I, yes, I, I would put on pants for that. That that would be a special event, so. <laughs> All right, well, into our talking point. This one is kind of an interesting one. It's been stewing around for a long while, and uh, a question brought up in a chat room I saw earlier this week kind of brought it to the forefront in my mind. Over a year ago, last uh, January, actually, a bank controller from Colorado was charged with bank fraud. She had been working the lending system and the mortgage system to try and steal and skim money, and all the evidence that was needed to convict her was on her laptop. Which, by the way, she had used BitLocker to encrypt. Now, if you're not familiar, BitLocker is an encryption protocol that's built into most modern operating systems that actually write encrypted data to the drive and basically it's hardware level encryption. You can pull the drive out, pop it into another computer, doesn't matter, you can't read it. You either need a trusted platform module chip to enter a password in and do that, or you need the hash key on USB. Now, if you don't have that, then you're required to enter in the password. And strangely, she decided she forgot the password. Sorry, I can't help you. I don't remember the password. Judge, The judge ordered that, well, sorry, you are or- hereby ordered to decrypt this hard drive, and she invoked her Fifth Amendment rights. Now, now for I, those of you... I think we reported on this at the time, didn't we? Yeah, it ended up with a kind of funny uh, turnout. But for those of you who were kind of fuzzy on your civics lessons, shame on you, your Fifth Amendment basically protects you from self-incrimination. It means that you do not have to testify when it will incriminate you, or at your own trial, basically. And she was invoking that right. Technically, she's right. If she had given the password it would have incriminated her with what was on the hard drive. She was protected from self-incrimination. But it can also be viewed as tampering with evidence, withholding evidence, or tampering with an investigation. Now, in this particular story, the reason why I say it's funny is because um, her ex-husband, who I guess the two of them were not on good terms, provided the police a list of possible passwords that she always used, one of them worked, they were able to get in just fine and convict her. So, if you're going to use passwords, don't have a pissed off ex-spouse. But, the question is really just a good, good practice anyways. Yeah, yeah. Don't have a pissed off ex-spouse. Hire a hitman. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> wow. I say <laughs> that for humor. Uh, but it does bring up a very interesting question. We're not the only ones who think so. The American Bar Association has no precedent on this. They have no standing argument on which way it goes because it could be viewed as tampering with evidence or destruction of evidence or withholding evidence, but it's also your Fifth Amendment right to not incriminate yourself. The question that was brought up in the chat room I was reading is, what about pedophiles? If you are trying to investigate or prosecute a pedophile and they have encrypted the contents of their hard drive what do you do that's actually a really good question do you make them decrypt it I think in that case you just take them out behind the woodshed and resolve the issue well sure but legally we can't do that um that's where hitmen come in. Joking. Where am I? Oh. <laughs> this is why we're not lawyers, by the way. We're going to have some lawyer listener that we never knew we had start writing us hate mail. 
Ooh, that would be awesome. I bet they could take us take us down pretty quick too. Dear stolen droids, ever since I pr- uh, properly represented funny junk. <laughs> oh, so, oh boy. throwback humor there. Um, I don't know how to take this. I truly don't. I personally would side with the government. Not in general, but in this instance, I don't think it is your right to withhold evidence. Unfortunately, the Fifth Amendment is very clear on this. Yes, it is. And so I think you don't, I would think you wouldn't be able to be compelled to give up that information because that is self incrimination. However, the government has a lot of computer nerds that are pretty good at decrypting stuff, so... People can't I, I, break I, BitLocker, though. That's the point. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's military-grade encryption. And if they so, were to I, develop some kind of hack-all, it defeats the purpose of it, and they're just going to come out with a new algorithm. Yes. A policy needs to be put in place for this instead. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, it is a. It is a very, very well laid out in the in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. But, I mean, I can see. There, there are there are instances where your rights are waived, or or forfeited rather. Um, you know, if if you're a felon, you're not allowed to own a firearm. You know, things like that. Felons, yeah. Well, what do you say? I, if you're a felon, you're not allowed to encrypt your hard drive. Yeah, maybe. How how on earth are they going to enforce that? That feature well, of Windows is disabled. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I I really don't know how they could enforce it. To be honest with you, I I, I think it's one of those things that you just got to take on a case by case basis. But still, I mean, they do have their Fifth Amendment rights. So, Eddie, what are your thoughts on that? I have no opinion. <laughs> I, <laughs> This is where awesome it gets radio, really, folks. <laughs> sorry, I, I mean this is really gets really fuzzy. And I mean, when it when it comes to to decryption, I mean it's decrypted for a reason. I I I like to liken it to a lock. And so, I mean, let's have the same rules that we have with locked items. It's that's about as that's <laughs> the best opinion I can give. Cause. Well, actually, you know, you, you may not think you're contributing much, but in truth, let's let's change it. You're right. Let's think of it more like a lock. If the cops want to see inside the pedophile's locked van, what does he do? He is compelled to unlock it. He can't invoke his Fifth Amendment rights over a locked van because it's property. It's not him. The only problem that this, the only reason this becomes Fifth Amendment territory is because in this instance, the police don't have a way into the hard drive otherwise. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, they if if it's a padlock on a storage shed, they could cut it off. If it's if it's a locked van, they could smash a window. You know, whatever. But with it being on a hard drive. They can't smash your brain to get the password. Well, they could. Probably <laughs> Although they other may want too. to. May not work. And you probably deserve it if you've got certain stuff on it. But, yeah, this this is a really tough one. I, I don't know that... I, I don't know that I even have an answer for it. Because, you know, I, I'm a big believer in the Constitution. Fifth Amendment rights can't self-incriminate. However, if they have probable cause... Is it treated like a lock? Should they treat it like a lock? I, I even mean, if they that, do, that's a really good question. Even if they do treat it like a lock, how do you make them give you the password? Waterboarding. You either have to drug and interrogate <laughs> them, which completely waives a whole load of other constitutional rights, or you basically say, okay, well, if you're not going to give it to us, you're basically guilty. Which completely negates the the amendment about a fair trial. Yeah. I mean, it's such a landmine issue. You go one way, you are going against a whole bunch of other amendments. You go the other way, and you're going against all the other ones. You know, it it's an almost it it's almost a no win situation. Because regardless of what you do, there's gonna be rights violated. 
in which case if you violate rights you're going to have groups out there saying this person's rights were violated how can you convict them regardless of what they've done somebody will stand up and you know i i actually have a have a friend who's a defense attorney and i asked him one day i said how can you do that you know these people are guilty he said it's not about whether they're guilty or not it's about whether or not their rights were violated in the process and so you're going to have people out there if you're violating these people's constitutional rights they're going to be getting for lack of a better term getting off um, getting yeah, getting away with it, which is yeah. why they are so careful not to violate constitutional rights because they don't want to have to. They don't want to jeopardize their own investigation. Exactly, and so, so. I, I don't see how if somebody wants to start encrypting stuff, if they can't get that password, I I, I don't see how how this can be a situation in which which they the prosecution wins. Yep. Well, this Regardless is Regardless of the type of case. Yeah. This yeah. is a really, really tricky issue. We really do want people's feedback. If you happen to have some law knowledge, weigh in on this because we don't have all the answers. I don't honestly think anyone does, but we want to know what your thoughts are. Feedback at stolendroids.com. Should the Fifth Amendment include encryption algorithms or encryption passwords to possibly incriminating evidence? We want to know. Um, into our favorites, however, uh, we are minus one. But I think the ones we have are pretty good. Mine, I know, is freaking awesome. Turns out that there is a uh, a YouTube studio called 1A4 Studio. They are making the speed run of movies. Speed run is typically a term you use in video games where you just run through a level as fast as you can. This one is movies. And the one I love is speedrun number three, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. It is from beginning to end, all of it, as fast as can be. Now, when I first heard this, I thought it was just going to be the movie sped up so it happens in 60 seconds. No, no, it's fully animated. It's theirs. you got to check it out. They also have Back to the Future, and I forget what one of their other ones are, but it is quite enjoyable. Go ahead and check it out. You know, I, on that, I thought it was quite brilliant when the Star Destroyer eats Princess <laughs> Leia's ship at the beginning and then poops out the poops out the escape pod onto tat- Tatooine. I thought that was brilliant how they did yeah. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, my, and and that's actually probably one of the best gifts I've ever seen. You linked to it in in video format on YouTube, but. Um, it's a great gif as no. well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cause Schmitty some sleepless nights. Okay, now uh, mine is actually a warning from history. It's a it's a video of a documentary uh, that's apparently coming to us from the future, uh, in which they they claim that the internet was one of the greatest disasters to ever befall mankind, and this is this. This is a story of the survivors um, sharing their experiences of time being sucked up looking at cats and such. And it, it's really pretty awesome. You know, you stop and think about what are archaeologists going to think when they look at our civilization in a thousand years. They're going to think that we worshipped cats and that we're a bunch of freaks when they look at people's hard drives that are unencrypted. They wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. So, But yeah, check it out. It's it's a pretty funny video. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is a an infographic done on uh, done about Iron Man 3 about what would it cost to be Iron Man. Um, they, they totaled together all the technology of his suit, um, including the arc reactor uh, and the mind-controlled armor uh and and even all his cars and the total comes to about 10 billion dollars so it's not cheap being iron man just in case you were going to try uh, and check out this uh this infographic it's really cool it's actually well, turns know, out to be more expensive than batman yeah it is <laughs> i think it's interesting that the helmet is more expensive than the arc reactor the nuclear powered arc reactor is <laughs> cheaper than his helmet holographic well, look is OLEDs really hard to aren't cheap yeah, there <laughs> Good point. 
All right. Well, that is our show this week. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, again, feedback at StolenDroids.com. We want to hear what your thoughts are. Special thanks to our sponsors. Hope Stark is on with us next time. Uh, ooh, before we go, though, real fast, we have a Stolen Droids Present coming up, don't we, Zoner? Yes, we do. Uh, Zoner is going to take it solo, <laughs> and he will be uh, interviewing yeah. Marcus. Yes, I will be usurping your position of power as the chief interviewer guy, and I will be doing an in-person interview with Marcus, uh, hopefully anyways, uh, scheduled to do it tomorrow night after one of his comedy shows in Salt Lake. So if you're a fan of Last Comic Standing, you're definitely going to want to check it out, or if you like stand-up comedy in general, or the paranormal, because yeah, he does that too, (laughs) or music. Or impersonations. The guy is very it, talented. If you just like things, be sure to check out the next episode of Stolen Droids Presents. Uh, but until next time, cheers. End of line. Good day. Good day.